episode three of Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to the children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. I'm your host, Doug Abel, and this week we're joined by again with the husband and wife team of Will and Carlo Valdez as we go to 1985 to cover the Nintendo Entertainment System. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about this one. Welcome, I got, I got guys. You, I've been I've been looking forward to uh, talking about the NES ever since you started this thing. You know, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, this is something that we've all pretty much had. Or if we didn't have it, we knew somebody who did have an NES. Exactly. I think everybody had one. I mean, I I know that when they came, there was this like huge like everybody. I mean, it was because it was cheaper than anything else that you could you know go to a movie or you know it was everybody had one. I didn't know anybody who didn't have one. I just remember like. For me personally, like I, I never started with the Atari or oddly enough, I, all that stuff, the the um, uh, uh, consoles that were released before that, uh, I actually tried those out later. Um, but I was actually introduced to gaming with uh, the NES. Um, I just remember being kind of just amazed that I, I can I can move stuff on the TV with this control. It's amazing. I can I can make stuff happen in the TV. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I cut my teeth with the 2600, and this was kind of like, this was the system that we all kind of saw, and we're like, oh my god, this is what yeah. we want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So awesome. Yeah. So, why don't we kind of jump in a little bit about the history of the NES, really kind of where it came from. Uh, who wants to go ahead and take that one? Okay, so, uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System, um... Uh, released by Nintendo for North America in 1985, actually had a really uh, sort of quiet launch out here in the states. I believe it started in um, in New York is when it was released. Is where it was released. Uh, just a really quiet, um, uh, small release. And um, uh, so yeah, so the NES had a soft launch in um, New York. Um, very quietly and in, in releasing malls and um, as slowly but surely kind of gained prominence here in the States. Um, it was released in Europe in 1986, Australia in 1987. And um, it, it was notable because it was one of the bigger uh, the consoles to release after the crash of 83, the big video mm-hmm. game crash. Um, you know, at the time before that, like we mentioned, we had the Atari, mm-hmm. we had the Commodore 64 and all these other consoles. Um, but the NES was the big successful one that came after all of that. So I, I have a question. So like, you know, I mean, I, you know, definitely play, have played video games, you know, my most of my life. And, you know, when we were younger, very popular was going to video arcades. And, you know, I, I do remember when... I don't know if it was like when Atari came out, but I do recall when we actually got an Atari and how amazing it was like, oh, yeah, it's like a line going across the string, but but it was amazing, right? Um, the video game crashed. Do you guys remember that at all? Kind of. I mean, I remember when we had the arcades, you know, we still right. kind of do, but it's not anywhere near the same. No, as no. The Xboxes yeah. and the Playstations that are around now. 
Right. But, but but what happened? I mean, it was, I mean, because I remember we used to go to the arcade that was, you know, right over here, you know, on the corner. I mean, every corner had one. And I mean, you, you know, would basically go there all the time. You just go there with a bag of, you know, get a baggie of quarters and just, you know, hang out there the whole afternoon. It was the thing to do. Like, you, what you, know, you think, you know, I, I think what happened was at this before this, the big thing was Pac-Man, right? We had Pong oh. and Pac-Man, oh, and you yeah. had a few. You had some other arcade uh, classics, but Pac-Man is Pac-Man fever, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. So that took off, and I, I think what happened was, you know, the the market just started getting flooded. You know, you had um, other games that tried to be knockoffs of other things, and um, the the market just crashed, right? Or, or do you think that maybe the introduction of Atari, because I remember like once we got the Atari, we didn't go as often to the uh, to the actual arcades any longer. I still think people were going to the arcades. I mean, because they had Atari, they they still had pinball that people were going to play. And that was That's the big true. thing in the 70s. That's right. true. You know, it was pinball going through. They, they started off with the electromechanical stuff and mm-hmm. then they came into the solid state stuff in the 80s. People are still playing pinball today. It's just not as popular. That's true. Right. Yeah, I mean, and then you look at what these game consoles. A lot of people are going with games consoles now because one, you can pick up a game console, play it at home, mm-hmm. and have better graphics, and you don't have to spend two thousand, three thousand dollars on a cabinet. Right. So I, I think that's kind of one of the notable things about the NES is that um, I think it, it brought forth a lot of games that you just didn't see in the arcade. I mean, uh, Nintendo had Donkey Kong, you know, which they did uh, port over to the NES. But um, as far as I know, I mean, you had the Mario Brothers arcade game, mm-hmm. but you didn't have Super Mario Brothers in the arcade quite like that. Well, um, now, see, there I'm going to stop you, because <laughs> I actually have played the arcade version of Super Mario Brothers. Oh. They actually had a console, or a cabinet, I should say, that played the exact same console game as what you played on the NES. Well, they, it, was, it was a port, though, right? Basically, yeah. I mean, they ripped it straight out of the cartridge, threw it into a cabinet, and said, here you go. Right. So, I, I mean, it wasn't the kind of thing that was... Super widespread. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I just I don't recall seeing like a ton. I, I know they did. Uh, there were sometimes the occasion where they would take a console machine. I, I know, especially with things like the Neo Geo, uh, the, which were meant to be sort of uh, you could stick them in the shell of like a, an, an arcade unit and um, and just play it like that. But um, I, I think. In general, so you had the Super Mario Brothers, but um, so many of those games um, were just unique. Or, or even you know, the other way of looking at it, here's here's an experience just like the arcade that you can play at home, like you did with Pac Man. But these games were much more sophisticated, right? I mean, there's the, just that little extra level of sophistication with these. Mm-hmm. True, yeah. and I think that really that was part of it, was that it was bringing people in with seeing better graphics, and they could actually mm-hmm. see stuff on their home their home TVs mm-hmm. that was really helping them to really kind of move into that home market. Mm-hmm. Right, so, so Nintendo, um, when they first started out, as I said, with their soft launch, uh, they introduced a now standard model um, working with a third party. They had that... Uh, um, 
design where you kind of lift the lid, you stick your cartridge in, you push it down. <laughs> um, definitely not uh, going to win awards for hardware design by today's standards. Mm. Uh, there were some problems with that. <clears throat> I mean, we all remember uh, those of us who played those games back then. Uh, you'd have to blow in the cartridges. Oh. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Is that true? Okay. How, why? I don't understand. Does anybody know, like, technically why you had to do that? Oh, yeah. You were blowing the dust off the contacts so that it would it would actually make contact and read. Is that right. what it was? Uh-huh. So it got dusty that fast? Yeah. Those things were really notorious. I mean, that's that's well, part of the reason why they had those, like, plastic game cartridges that you were supposed to, like, put the cartridge into and, like, seal it so that it was a dust cover. Okay. Right. Well, I, I, I remember sort of reading up on it and um, uh, just sort of – like something about blowing into it um, helped kind of create, like I know it was, it was about blowing out the dust, but it was also another level to it where just the contacts wouldn't work quite, quite right. Um, so people would have all sorts of different um, ways to kind of make that work better. Uh, there were some techniques I've read where you're taking like a lead pencil and you, you open up the cartridge and you kind of, with a lead pencil, kind of just um, kind of create a contact or something that was stronger. So well, it just sort of design flaws, really. Well, in respect to that, with talking about going through and, and cleaning the contacts, a lot of people, what they were doing with that eraser was they were cleaning off the buildup mm. from just – you know, gunk that got on there and you're actually cleaning yeah. them off the contacts so that the gold, the gold contacts on, on the uh, contacts on the cartridge itself would read on the inside of the cartridge. That's and true. I, and yes. I know that NES Nintendo actually did come out later on with a special cleaning kit that you actually stuck right. into the thing, pushed yeah. down and you were wiggling it back and forth to clean the uh, contacts on the inside of the Nintendo. Oh itself. man, that would I never remember work that. for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I had a friend that, you know, on the back of each cartridge, it would say, you know, do not clean with alcohol. And, and he would just rub it with rubbing alcohol. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people tried all sorts of things to get this thing going. Well, but, um, yeah, go I, ahead. I remember that there were actually shops here in San Diego that they were specifically Nintendo repair shops. It, it really didn't have to do much to get to those shops to be a, a repair shop. It was basically you had to know how to use a can of air, you had to use a screwdriver, and you had to do some things. If if he didn't fix it, you would swap out a part. That was basically it for the thing. Yeah, but you all could the, charge 150 bucks to fix it. All those bucks. all those advertisements for um, officially authorized Nintendo repair centers oh, were yeah. hilarious. Oh yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, Nintendo uh, was able to get a lot out of the NES with uh, various sort of re-releases of the system. Um, there were some bundles. I think famously, there's the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt bundle that mm-hmm. came with the Zapper little gun that you would you know play with Duck Hunt. And um, you know, I I, re- I remember when I I first got an NES, it was something like a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first got it, but uh, I, they range from four, uh, $50, like forty nine ninety nine, uh, with two controllers and uh, a deluxe set that went all the way up to $200. And um, any of you ever seen or played with the uh, uh, Rob the Robot? I actually owned one. <laughs> that was the set that we got. We had this I am very <laughs> It was the biggest 
piece of shit ever. And I'm what? sorry, I'm going to say that. It was a piece what of did shit. it? Okay, what was the purpose of it? Because I, I understand it only was used for two games, yeah, right? It was, that it was, was it. Gyromite and Stack Up. Okay. And basically, so. what it did was it was a it would grab a top, a spinning top. You'd actually mm-hmm. have to put it onto a special little motor that would spin the top for you. Mm-hmm. Pick the, the top up and put it onto either a red or a blue like lever, and it would push button B or button A on the second controller mm-hmm. so that it would move these levers on the game. It was the stupidest thing because you would try to do that, and the tops would stop spinning and fall <laughs> off. So you'd be like, crap, 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 how am I going to get through this game? And there were times when you had to push down both levers at the same time and figure out how to get your guy to run. And the other part with this was that you had to press the select button on the screen so that Rob would pick up your motions. You mm-hmm. would actually use your controller to control Rob to do up and down and open and close on his hands to move the uh, move the little spinning tops. Well, it really sucked because when you were doing that and you also had these creatures that were attacking your guy on screen, you're pressing select and having to bounce back and forth and go, shit, 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 shit. It was, it was horrible. It was like having ADD 24-7 trying to figure oh this out. Oh, oh man, yeah. So yeah, as we get into the uh, the accessories here, um, yeah. you know, we had the obviously the robotic operating buddy. Um, I mean, some of these were great. Like, like I was, I was, I for one was really impressed with the uh, the zapper, the light gun controller. Oh uh, yeah, that was amazing. Yes, like, but, how did they do it? I remember when I, we first played it. I was like, oh my gosh, look at it. it's like you're shooting the. T- it's how does it do it? Oh my, it was, that's like, totally where I was aiming too. Yeah, well, and you know, yeah. people thought that that was actually picking up where the gun was shooting the light at the TV screen. Yeah. And really what it was, it was doing, it was, it was actually flashing back from the TV onto the gun itself. The gun was actually basically a camera, and yeah. it was picking up what you were see- the flashes that you were seeing on the screen. And depending upon where the gun was pointed at the screen was how it was picking up to say that it fired. Now, the problem with this, this is why people can't use the zappers now on the LED screens or LCD screens, is because they don't create that flash. Right. You have to have a CRT uh, yeah. screen. It's, and, they're not reflective. Right. Basically, that's the problem. Glare. And so it doesn't pick up. So you can't play these old games on a newer TV, Aww. which is a real bitch because you can't find any CRT screens or cathode ray tube screens anymore anywhere. They don't sell them. We have right. one. Well, <laughs> you might have it. And that's great. We do. But- yeah, we do. <laughs> That's why I guess that's that's why you have stuff like the Wii nowadays, right? Where pretty much, pretty yeah. Much. yeah. Uh, so so yeah, I mean, you had at the time the Zapper was really impressive, and you had uh, some yeah. of these accessories that were very successful and worked well. And uh, as you said, there there were some accessories that were just total pieces of shit. Um, you had the power glove. Oh my gosh! Okay, I, okay I'm not gonna lie. About looked, the power glove, like what was that? The wizard that it yeah. was on that movie. The yeah, wizard, I remember that. Okay. That was the okay. best controller ever, according to that little <laughs> it's shit. So bad, as he said. Oh, which it was in so 80s, bad in eighties vernacular. So awesome, um, but I, I, I will admit, uh, seeing this thing advertised in you know magazines and and. You know, I don't know if there's a TV ad, but I saw that thing and I said, "I oh my god, I want one." And Everybody I know, I I really want to know the ad company that did that. 
because I want to hire them for anything else I do because they promoted such a pile of crap. <laughs> you know, that, that glove. Okay. I actually knew somebody who had one and the way that it worked was it had like this bar that you like hooked up around your TV screen. It was like this L shaped bar. Right. And then you're supposed to point the glove at the screen. So they said, oh, well, you're going to be able to use it to, like, control, like, left and right if you're driving. Or drive a or car. Like that. Yeah. Right. And that's what it looked like. That or you're supposed to be able to use it to punch in, yeah. in punch up. No, it didn't <laughs> work like that at all. It was basically you had to hold your arm straight out and then it was up, down, left, right. You couldn't do anything with like punch, like button presses or anything. You had to press the buttons on the back of the glove. Well, okay, this is something else that really bugged me. They put a standard controller on the back of the glove. Yeah. Explain to me how the fuck you're going to press the buttons when it's on the back of the glove. So you, you, but did you, was it only able to be used like when it was on your hand or could you take it off and like hold it or? You could take it off and hold it, but what's the point of that if you have a regular controller? You can do the same thing with a regular controller. When you're, when you're a kid, it just looks fucking awesome. (laughs) It looks awesome. Ran like shit. <laughs> it worked oh like shit. Yeah. I mean, if you want a fun time, you just, you just go on YouTube and type in, you know, Nintendo Power Glove, and oh yeah, uh, that's a blast. So, um, so you had other things. You had the um, Nintendo Advantage, um, which was kind of a, a little joystick pad. Um, I, I actually had one of those, and then a buddy of mine had the uh, he had the one that was the NES Max. Which uh, was, okay. The Advantage was the big joystick pad, and it actually right. had, like, two controls that you could dial in for the turbo speed and right. then the slow function. Right. I know for Super Nintendo, they had the Super Advantage, but, um, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they looked they looked cool, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really, I don't know any real NES games that would benefit from, I, I guess, unless you're just used to joystick controls, but oh, see, I used to love playing my advantage when I'd play Blaster Master because oh, I okay. could use it to up and down, and then the turbo functions, I could actually get it to to do the turbo button presses when I was shooting or something like that. It was awesome for that, right. and then the slow function on there was great if it was in something where it would actually pause the game, like pause the screen, right. rather than bringing up an actual pause menu or something like that. It would work great for that, right? But Anything else? It was kind of like, okay, this is pretty stupid, pretty pointless. <laughs> well, yeah, you had the turbo buttons too. I mean, uh, which I believe uh, they they had the turbo controllers release as well, or, or I know they did for sort of later systems. But yeah, well, the thing about the advantage that I liked was that it had a dial that you could actually use. It was like a little analog dial. Right. And you could turn it so that it would record. It would actually make it press it faster or slower depending upon how you needed it. Which was you mean great. the game? You mean the yeah. game would go faster? The the turbo, like the button press, because basically uh-huh. what it was doing is it was pressing, as you were holding the button down, it was doing rapid fire button presses for you. Right. Oh, so okay. it worked great in that respect in that you could turn the turbo on, press B to do like rapid fire shooting. But the problem was is that a lot of the games only had like, oh, you could only get like three button presses in before <laughs> it stopped and then it would start over again. So you'd have this big, huge pause. That was really kind of where the dial was coming in was that you could slow it down a little bit so it would give a more even shot. Mm. Great um, for great for those top down uh, shooters. Yeah, the shoot 'em yeah. ups. Yeah, uh, it did kind of suck with the NES Max, which the Max was kind of neat in that it still had the turbo buttons, but basically it was 
it was either on and doing rapid fire at what it thought was appropriate or it was off and that was it. Uh, the Max did have one different advantage over the advantage in that it had this weird like little sliding button that it wasn't just a little regular cross panel or like cross style uh, directional pad like what you used to see on the regular NES. Mm-hmm. Right. You could actually slide it around. And that was great for playing the ice hockey game on, on the Nintendo. You could actually slide it around and move your guy around a lot easier. Still right. wasn't perfect because of the way that you had to do the button presses, but it worked okay. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Um, so, yeah, so you also had um, the power pad, uh, which uh, also another memorable product. I actually never owned one, um, but uh, it's sort of a mat that you laid on the floor and uh, you'd press the buttons with your feet. Um, like like a Dance Dance Revolution? Actually, that's exactly where this came from. <laughs> okay. Uh, where the Dance Dance Revolution I don't think I've ever from. seen this before. I've never seen the power pad. So there, there have been a couple of games that used it. Um, mostly sort of, I, and gosh, I don't remember all of the, uh, the titles, but um, there were mostly, there were ones that were like, oh, track and field. I know oh, used it, yeah. Where like, you would yeah. just, you would tap, it's alternate between one and uh, A and B and just kind of try to, you know, yeah, I, I remember seeing sort of people try it out at like uh, uh, Toys R Us or something and, um, well, and it's it's funny because there's the there was a world class track meet that came out with it. Right. Uh, there was two versions of it basically. There was one that was done by uh, I want to say it was Bandai Namco or something like that, or maybe it was some other company before that. And that game actually is the rarest right game ever to find a video game because they only had like I want to say like ten thousand or eight thousand copies or something like that of it made. Right. And then that's like worldwide. And they, they've they had so many of them that ended up getting junked before they came out with the world-class track meet. Mm-hmm. So if you can find it with the actual label in the box original, I, I want to say somebody sold it for like $250,000. Oh, oh, my gosh. No, I, th- yeah. I want to say it was like $20,000. Yeah, I mean, it was some outrageous number. And I'm like, Ridiculous either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe that game is uh, Stadium Events. Very rare. That's it. Yeah. So for collectors out there looking for that, um, yeah, I mean, if you want a complete NES collection, you're going to be shelling out some some money. I got uh, one hidden in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, uh, Yeah, th- that's that's definitely one that's on the list of just rare sort of uh, relics of the you know video gaming past that. Uh, just worth so much money and you know people are popping up getting them at garage sales and and the like for you know nothing (laughs) yeah hilarious um so so yeah so we went over the power power glove power pad uh the advantage uh the zapper and uh the rob so and of course you have the the um famous just regular controller the iconic cross-shaped directional pad you know um, still today, you know, great controller, you know, just so simple. Um, it was using the same design from the game and watch, um, that Nintendo originally had sort of their handheld little video game. You know, and I kind of love that controller because when you see it, almost everybody, at least from our generation, takes one look at it and goes, <laughs> I know that controller. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know. It's yeah. And, and if you think about it, you know, here, you know, 
hearing all these things now and it kind of makes you realize like, you know, how, um, you know, just all of these things brought something else. I mean, even, you know, as much as the, um, the horrible, you know, power glove was, but hearing that it's almost like that's the Wii controller now. <laughs> and yeah, you know, the same with the well, power pad. It's, you know, all of those things they were able to take that and it actually, it's, it's almost like they just kept on going with the technology and, and look what they've done now. So but as old as new again, but it's funny you mentioned the Wii because um, if you look at the Wii remote, mm-hmm. it looks, a, resembles a lot like a, uh, an NES controller. Mm-hmm. If it was whiter, great. Yeah. If it oh, was yeah. black and gray and had the red <laughs> lettering on it, I would be in love with it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just your basic cross and the two buttons, you know, your, your two others start and select. So yeah, so that that's our uh, that's our accessories for the NES. Well, now I'm going to bring up I'm going to bring up the satellite, and I, the only reason I'm going to bring it up with this is because there were two things about it. I actually had one of those satellites. I used it for. Uh, the Mickey Thompson's off-road games, because you actually, that was the only, one of the few games that you could play four people at one time. And that was an oh, okay. unheard of thing for the Nintendo when it first came out. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh my God, I can get four people to play all at the same mm-hmm. time. You hooked it up. I love the thing in that it gave me wireless capabilities, which again, that was kind of unheard of for video games at the time, you didn't right. have wireless controllers. You know, now they're pretty much ubiquitous. You pick up an Xbox, it's got a wireless controller, PlayStation 3, Wii, all of that really kind of <laughs> stemmed from, in my mind, this. Mm. Right. Uh, the, the one thing I did hate about it, though, was that, it. first off, it was infrared, so you had to have a perfect line of sight between the Nintendo and the satellite. And the second part was that it ate C batteries. It, oh. It went, you had, well, you had to use six C batteries, but it went through them in the process of about four to six hours. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that one. Um, another sort of maybe less notable, but certainly not, not insignificant um, piece of hardware uh, accessory, if you will, was the uh, uh, Game Genie from Galoob. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was, this was a third party, uh, piece of hardware, uh, from Galoob that would let you cheat. Uh, you, it would come with this, you know, sort of reasonably like fat book, um, that you would just input codes and, um, it, it let you sort of, you know, get unlimited lives or, you know, unlimited. I continu- remember that. Remember that? I had one. <laughs> <laughs> of course I did. Are you kidding? Yeah. It's funny because Nintendo tried to sue Galoob um, ah. uh, for infringing on their intellectual property, and uh, they lost. Um, so, of course, Galoob was able to create game genies for you know uh, all sorts of systems, including the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, and well, so there's on. a lot of lawsuits going on with Nintendo around that okay. time. I mean, you, you have to remember that they had the uh, the law. The real famous one was Tengen and Tetris. Right. Because right. they had the original Tetris, and there was only there was again one of the rare games. Yeah, they actually of- had a few come out uh, for the Tengen version that had the they actually had the Moscow. Uh, they had the Kremlin in the background yes. on it, and Tengen, all that Tengen tr- Tetris, and then there was regular Tetris. Right, and the whole reason between it was that what happened was that Tengen had they took the third party licensing and they said, "Oh yeah, we got the licensing, we got Nintendo's seal of approval." They put the game out, and then they didn't actually put the seal on the box or on the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So they kind of circumvented it. Well, what turns out that what happened, they were turning around and they were uh, reverse engineering basically the game cartridge and licensing and all that. So right. that they didn't actually have to pay Nintendo what they felt was an outrageous third-party developer fee. Right. Mm, clever kittens. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so Nintendo turns around and says, hey, sh- you went against what we said. We're going to sue you. And they won. And mm. so that's why Nintendo, I mean, they weren't stupid. They saw Tetris was a really popular game. They said, okay, we're going to take it. We're going to put it under us. And we're going to start making it under our name. Right. Mm. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, ha- I had one of those cheaters. I even used to buy the books. Did you ever buy the cheating books? like the Or the game cheats and codes? Game Did hints. you ever oh, yeah. Oh, Nintendo <laughs> Power. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, video game magazine. Of course, Nintendo um, launched their own, you know, uh, pretty wisely, um, their own hotline. So you could actually call, and uh, it was an, I believe it was a nine hundred number. You would call, and um, you'd get actual hints and strategies from a Nintendo, you know, in quotations, expert. Hmm. And you know, if you look at on YouTube, there's. Um, they actually have footage from back then of these guys in these little cubicles um, on the phone. It, it's hilarious, um, you know. And that—that that was their job. That was their nine to five. I would have killed for a job oh like gosh. that. <laughs> oh, how many of us wouldn't have <laughs> sit there and play oh video gosh. games and get paid for it? Oh, oh nice. yeah. I, I'll yeah. Sign it's me up. It's called unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh, man. Who wants – I I do want to bring up one thing here since we're still kind of in the history and the accessories a little bit. I do Mm -hmm. want to bring up some of the launch titles that came out with the NES. Yeah. Uh, Originally, when it did come out, it only came out with 18 titles. It had 10-yard fight, which was a really lousy football game. (laughs) Uh, Baseball, again, kind of crappy. Clue Clue Land, which had these two little things that – for lack of a better word, they look like Pac-Man, only their eyes, instead of being like on the side of them, they were on top, and then they would like run around in these little, uh, like this little pattern of dots, and what they do is they stick their arm out on either left or right side, and they grab onto these dots and then spin around them. Right. And the whole purpose of that was that you'd have to run around and like pick up gems and stuff as you were going around, they'd eat the gems. Really lame-ass game. Uh, <laughs> That's... They also tried to do their educational title with Donkey Kong Junior Math. Right. Of course, Duck Hunt, Excite Bike, mm. Golf, Crappy Gyromite, yeah, right. uh, Hogan's Alley, Ice Climber, Kung Fu, Pinball, Stack Up, Tennis, Wild Gunman, <laughs> Wrecking Crew, Mock Rider, and of course, Super Mario Brothers. Ah, Super Mario were, Brothers. Were a lot of those sports games, were they like bundle together or was it just like you had to buy each one separate you had to buy each one separately and, and they were like 29.99 39.99 when they came out they were right. cheap wow. and then they got smart with the wii and they put everything together now <laughs> i do want to point out with wild gunman because this is this is part of the 80s that we're going to come back and talk about later when we cover it's gonna be a quick thing that we're going to talk about with back to the future but Marty McFly in the books, it, like in the scripts, they were actually going to have Wild Gunman be more of a scene with him. And <laughs> then he was actually supposed to go in 1985. He was the Wild Gunman champ at the 7-Eleven down the street in Hill He's Valley. He's a shot at this. <laughs> nice. well, and that's why, that's why they had that whole part in uh, Back to the Future 3 
where he's whipping the gun out and he's shooting all the targets and everything with the Colt 45. Yeah. He was supposed to have learned all of that playing <laughs> wild gunman at the 7-Eleven, <laughs> but it never actually made it into the original movie. So when I saw that, it kind of didn't really make a whole lot of sense until I started reading some of the lost script stuff and um, the, uh, the Back to the Future 2 book where they made mention of it. Well, I, I, see, I remember. I remember actually seeing these scenes. I don't know if I if they later inserted them into the film later, but I remember sort of the um, the setup. I mean, really, you know, sort of a lot of effort to, to set this, this little joke up, but – you know, he he does the whole sh- the the thing. It's at, in um, you know, in, in Back to the Future too, and then he, he's a crack shot at this. You know, young Elijah Wood comes up and says that you have to use your hands. This is like a baby's toy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Back to the Future three. You know, he he try he picks up that you know the gun that the uh, the guy's selling, and you know, where'd you learn to shoot like that, boy? Seven Eleven. <laughs> yeah, and all that was the tie-in from Wild Gunman. Right. Oh, funny. So. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, the rest of the titles were pretty much kind of crappy, but with that, let's go ahead. Uh, Carla, did you want to go ahead and talk about some of the game franchises? We'll go ahead and tie in from Super Mario Brothers on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Super Mario Brothers was huge. I That, that game was just so much fun. I mean, I I I remember staying up to, like, I mean, I don't even remember, like, some nights we didn't actually even go to bed because we would just stay up all night long. And then, like, once we found out, like, when you got the, you know, the idea that, oh, you if you, you go to this area, you go back here, you could actually skip. Tunnels. Yeah, yeah oh, the yeah. warm tunnels. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, and I then the clear. part, yeah, yeah, the part where you get to the end with the turtle and if you jump on it, you get, like, the so many lives. It's, like, not even, like, letters or numbers anymore. It's, like, symbols. It's, like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all three awesome. of those, yeah. the, the Super Mario Brothers games, Games are you know are iconic Nintendo you know yeah. let's yeah. let's touch on that because we know that there's been more than just three titles we're right. talking just right. about the NES the NES yeah. titles right. they're, they're oh. I mean it's a huge franchise arguably you know their biggest franchise but uh, those three games and you couldn't have any more three different games of a same franchise mm-hmm. um, yeah great stuff i'm sure we'll have to do a podcast on that on just uh, super mario brothers right absolutely. that's already in plan yeah, yeah, so you've got the you got the super mario brothers franchise you have the movie with dennis hopper which is horrible <laughs> awesome. john Le- a young john leguizamo oh yeah you had john leguizamo you had bob hoskins you had dennis hopper and they were all kind of playing in that and, and we'll get to all that later oh, yeah. <laughs> that movie was like so cool oh. are you kidding it, it was super duper awesome it's so bad i know i know i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah i know but anyway so obviously you know super mario but you know legend of zelda obviously big one that came for that and um you know it's you know obviously it's it's grown you know huge that's you know uh, one of my favorite games but for the super nes um you know it's also the legend of zelda was has the distinction of having gold cartridges instead of the gray color so and and you know why that was mm -mm. they originally did that because those cartridges all the gold cartridges were supposed to have battery backups in them they actually had like a little uh, little watch battery in them that would power to hold your saves. Mm-hmm. And then the regular uh, gray cartridges didn't have that feature. So that's why it didn't have it. Uh, if you look at like uh, Punch-Out, yeah, there was a way to go uh, above and beyond having where you stopped. 
but it was through passwords that would actually basically be like skipping the levels. Right. Uh, it'd be like what kind of like what Game Genie and such would do by getting you around the game. Mm. That yeah, was, I mean, was fun. For, for, for obviously now that, you know, we're, we're years and years into the future past that, you know, mm-hmm. all of those batteries, those original batteries have got to be dead. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. so, I mean, I think uh, the developers that were wise enough to in- incorporate actual sort of um, uh, combinations that you could input that would, you know, let you go forward in your progress were, I mean, game saves obviously more convenient for the time, but... Um, I, I do know that there are other third-party um, sort of, I guess, people that would that can crack open a cartridge for you and replace that battery. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm but, sure that there are. Yeah, of course. There's emulators and there's all sorts of you know. Nintendo has their uh, virtual console where you can play them on other systems as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. But so of course Zelda. But um, Mike Tyson's well, Punch okay. Out. That's a uh, that that game was so hard. That punch <laughs> out. I I don't I try to I remember the okay, the first guy was easy. Okay, who here's beaten it? No. I no. have not. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever actually did. Who was the one was it the King Hippo? That was like the fourth or guy you, you would fight, right? Oh King Hippo was fairly easy to hit. No, he, he was the one with the tiny. You had to know the right? secret. You oh. had to know the secret. King Hippo uh, was the big fat guy, and basically you'd like as he'd start to do that whole mouth movement, you'd start to swing a punch at him. And then he'd, he'd take and he'd cover up his mouth, and then you'd punch him in the gut, drop him, done. Of, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. The first time I played him, um, I just got my ass kicked, and uh, I, I, between the rounds, I would just remember Doc telling me to my beat up face that, uh, as little Mac, that uh, join the Nintendo Fun Club today, Mac. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, fuck hard. you, Doc. <laughs> that game was hard. It was frustrating and hard. But um, Bionic Commando, I've never played that one. Uh, you guys ever oh, played that one? I, how I, could, I, okay, they actually came out, uh, I want to say three or four years ago, uh, on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live. Capcom yes. came back and brought it back as Bionic Commando Rearmed. Yes. And they basically just kept the same, almost the exact same gameplay and added just a little bit, like uh, they updated the graphics a little bit. Yes. And there were little things in the game that when they first came out that with translation or whatever, that they had errors. And one of the big ones towards the end of that game was this thing that would come up and it said, uh, this, the, this base is going to explode in 60 <laughs> seconds at E-X-P-L-O-D. Yes. Uh, and so the, they the make story of it. was so eighties back, then, you know, with this. Oh yeah. Series. But uh, I mean, you you fought like a mecha Hitler. Spoilers, by the way. Yes. Eventually <laughs> in the game, but um, the the brilliance of this is it's a it's a like a platform shooter, and there is no jump button. You only use yes. the grapple hook, and that's genius. And <laughs> you know what? They they actually came back in the Bionic Commando Rearm Two, mm-hmm. the, the sequel that Capcom did. They gave you the ability to jump in there. Which oh, I'm kind of like, that's Never played that's... it. Never played it. But, yeah, that's yeah. kind of missing the point, huh? Yeah, it really was. I was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, also, we have, I mean, I, I'm, you know, since we're in the, in the bees here, I can mention my two of my favorite games, uh, Bubble Bobble. I don't know if you guys ever played this, but Burger Time, my favorite uh, game of all time. It's like the little, <laughs> the little chef, he's shakes the pepper at the hot dogs and the fried eggs. And to this day, 
to this to this day, Carla still carries a little salt shaker to you know thwart enemies. <laughs> Just throw it in it's their face. Awesome! Is I played that game for hours. I would get so um, frustrated. I love that game, and you, you know that you can go back and play it, right? Because they've come out. I they do. Relaunched yes, it. yes. Actually, um, I have it now, and I, I, I almost like shed a tear because it'd been years since I'd played it. And well, if I'm not mistaken, awesome. if I'm not mistaken, Doug, you're talking about the, um, the new updated burger. <laughs> that was different. Yes. That was okay. different. Yeah. Okay, no, I haven't I actually had... played that one. Yeah. I know yeah. It's supposed to do, it's supposed to have done the relaunch on it. I heard it was but... decent. I heard it no, was. We have it. Don't we have it? We have it. Uh, I think we've, we've played a demo of that one. But, yeah. yeah, yeah no, no, no. I'm talking about like the old school one. We just we recently have the original, got it. Yeah. yeah. We have the original, oh. the original eight bit version. I know that that, I remember the big thing with that was when it first came out, like very first time released for the home market, it wasn't released for the NES. It was actually released for the Intellivision. Uh, and I always wanted to play it because I always heard everybody loved this Burger Time game, oh, but I didn't know anybody who had an Intellivision. Oh, funny. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, let's uh, talk about Castlevania a little bit here. Uh, that was a huge, huge uh, success on the NES. And yes. obviously, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome now. Kind of like brought that little, you know, horror, you know, genre. Where, another, you know. another game super hard. I mean, I think... There's a recurring theme, theme here with the NES. Games were fucking hard. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. That's Go the ahead. funny thing with this series. The castle, the very first Castlevania game that Konami came out with, yeah. with Simon Belmont coming out with the whip and everything, that one fucking sucked. Yeah. The second one, where it was, uh, I, I want to say it was like Dracula's Curse or something like that, or Simon's Curse, whatever it was. Yeah. That one was a lot easier, but they gave you passwords that you could save right. at the end. So you could keep playing it, and they gave you ways to upgrade your whip or pick up different weapons. Like you, you had a cross that you could throw that would go back and forth across the screen. Yeah, uh, the holy water and such. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one, really, I kind of didn't like because they had those four people that like kind of you had Simon, and then you had right. like two other people, which like you had a thief or something that could climb up the walls or something. And then you had Alucard, who was supposed to be Dracula's son. <laughs> and the big thing with that was everybody kind of went, ooh, Alucard. Alucard can turn into a bat and fly. It's Dracula backwards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Yeah. I, you know, I love that game, and I, I really kind of hated it at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. the third one was kind of like they brought back a lot of the difficulty that the first one had. Yeah. And you couldn't go back or you couldn't go back and forth to certain areas like you could in in the sequel, which I really liked that. The fact that it wasn't so straight from point A to point B and you're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's another great classic franchise that, I mean, you know, even today you're still getting stuff. And it's it's had great games all throughout its, you know, life of the franchise. Isn't there another game kind of similar? That was it the Super Ghouls, the, the one that's really hard, the Ghouls and Ghosts. What is that? Ghouls one and called? Ghosts and Ghosts yeah, a little and different, Goblins. Little but it's kind of similar thing, kind of where you're going would, into like a I, castle. And I would actually, yeah. I would, I would uh, say that Metroid is closer to Castlevania in terms of the type of style of game, where Metroid's kind of a sort of sci-fi version of that. You know? Yeah. And you're a chick in Metroid. <laughs> well, no, uh, that was Spoiler. a big thing when that came out. Nobody knew that Samus was a chick. Until she exactly. shot her boobies. Well, it was like right before she went to go fight Metroid or mm-hmm. Mother Brain, and she goes yes. down into Mother Brain's level, and all of a sudden 
she takes off her armor and you see her wearing those little boots and the tight outfit and it was yeah. like whoa it's a it's a girl you mean i it's like they had to fool gamers into playing as a girl and at that moment the sound of hundred guys whacking at the same moment oh, if heard across <laughs> well supposedly they said that that was supposed to actually be kind of an homage to uh ripley from the right. aliens movies was because ripley was supposed to be this badass chick who went out and fought the aliens well they kind of tried to play a little bit along with that on metroid at least that's the rumors mm-hmm. i don't know how true it is I'm just offering that up. Yeah, Ripley. Yeah, I mean, they, they. I believe they had characters. Um, yeah, that they named that just as an homage to aliens. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. So let's talk about Mega Man a little bit here. Um, that was a fun game. I, I, I. That was hard. It was so hard. You're right. They're they're difficult. Like I've never played games harder than that. Those ones that were on the NES. I mean. Yeah. There is nothing that I can think of now that's that hard. I mean, uh, but Mega Man, it's – I mean there are hard, like shitty hard games and then there are – then there's Mega Man, which uh, to me Mega Man 2, uh, you know, I agree with probably the prevailing opinion that Mega Man 2 is like the pinnacle of the series for me. Mm-hmm. It really uh, was. That one was probably the easiest one of the, of the series for yes. me to play. I was actually able to go through and beat that, go all the way through Dr. Wily and kick his ass. Wow. Yeah. Whereas with the first one, the third one, all the way up through, even 9 and 10, which I have on the PlayStation 3 now, it's yeah. not – the. It, it's still difficult. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I have a question. When they make when they make the games, I mean, does do they just like say, okay, well here, let's just put this really, really hard <laughs> level. Nobody's gonna beat it. But I mean, or do they really say, Oh, okay, well, hey, this person can actually this person did it, so that means other people can do it. You know, of course they have the tester who's sitting in the little, you know, room, you know, that's dark and he's like forced to play this game for, you know, you know, every single second of his breath and he can't he has to pee in a jar. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> Let like me this- tell you, having worked with a lot of guys when I used to work at Blizzard, mm-hmm. we actually had a lot of that. And, and you'd see these guys that were – they were game testers. Yeah. Their whole purpose was to go through and find bugs, write it down on a list so that they could hand it back up to the developers later on. These guys were burnt out on every goddamn game that they <laughs> played. Uh, I had a guy who – he, you know, I asked him. I made mention of a bug that was in Warcraft 3, and he goes, oh, that fucking bug. He goes, we all know about it. We fucking hate it. We fucking hate that game because they played it so much. <laughs> like for the first three months, that was all that you played was like three levels of World of Warcraft. And you were just sat in there going through, okay, I got to do this. Okay, hold on a second. Let me try this again. Now I have to do this. I have to play the same scenario, but maybe this time instead of putting my stuff here, I have to put it over here. Right. And it's the same. it's the same characters or you have to change out like – Oh, I gotta try and play instead of instead of trying to beat it with these guys. I have to try and beat it with these guys, and it's just like after a while you're going, 
this sucks. This sucks. This sucks. But that's my point. Like some of these games are so difficult. I mean, there's nothing as sad as seeing, you know, an eight-year-old or 10-year-old kid taking the controller. I mean, how many times did you want to take the controller and throw it into the television (laughs) set? Because you're like, I, nobody can beat this. And that's how I felt with a lot of these games. I might, I really, you know, appreciate the fact that you guys are able to beat it. But like even punch out, like I, I would just be like, fuck it like i'm just like put the like i'm walking away so here's the here's the thing i think back then you know when we got games it was this is the game i'm playing for you know this year and you would (laughs) play it and play it and play it and try to master it just like a game tester who would spend you know hundreds of hours and after Mm -hmm. that you you know you you memorize patterns and you know you're you want a difficult more difficult right and here's the other thing of that too is who was your game audience? Right. Okay, how old was your <laughs> typical game audience? This was aimed, you know, you were looking at people who were 8 to 15 years old playing yeah. Nintendo. Okay. Yeah. Who wrote the game? Who built the game? Who tested the game? It <laughs> certainly wasn't that category that's of people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I got I used to get so frustrated like I like, okay, I'm just going to, like, break the controller in half. And I actually would have that in my mind. And I knew I would get in trouble. And- I, I will give Nintendo this. Those damn controllers held up pretty damn well. Yeah, oh, Nintendo hardware in general is is yeah. usually pretty sturdy stuff. Yeah. They, yeah. Their build design is pretty good, usually. Yeah. Well, we know that the Wii controllers have held up really well, except that they tend to shatter LCD screens when people yeah. use them and don't put the wristbands on. But, but the wristband. that's another thing. But it's true. Like, I can't tell you how many controllers my nephew has gone through for, not for the Nintendo, but for rather for the PlayStation, um, yeah. the PlayStation 3. I mean, my sister's constantly having to buy controllers because he's so, like, he'll play the hell out of that game. And the next thing you know, it's like, break. And it's like, well, you know, that has, I, we've had the same you know, we controllers, we, I, I, they last forever. They'll probably actually be here even longer than like. They will outlive us all. They wow. will. <laughs> They'll be like roaches and Nintendo controllers and that's it. <laughs> wow. All right. So yeah. What other uh, game franchise? Well, Fa- Final Fantasy, that, that was, um, that started huge one. Um, and I know that you, Will, you're, you have a specific Final Fantasy. I know that you always like have this little like mini well, orgasm I, every time it's mentioned. <laughs> I love, I love, uh, Final Fantasy as a series, um, especially Final Fantasy VI for Super Nintendo. But, um, uh, this, this game was actually supposed to be, um, I believe it was Square, supposed to be Squaresoft's final game, right? That's why it was called Final Fantasy. Right. Uh, that's where the name comes from. But, Square uh, Enix it, or Squaresoft? No, Squaresoft. Squaresoft at the time. It's now, they merged with Enix in the mid-90s uh, to create create uh, Square Enix. Um, but at the time, Squaresoft made this, and um, uh, just fantastic game. Another one that uh, used the battery backup. Have you played this, uh, Doug? See, I loved this one. This yeah. was one of my favorite games. The The very first one, I, I did play the second one on the NES. Well, I want to say it was a, it was a second in the series in a sense on the Super NES, right? Uh, and second, it was like second here, fourth in Japan. Yeah. yeah, but I really loved the first one because you had four adventurers that went out, and it was just basic. Okay, here's my characters. D and D, really, pick. right? It, really, it was. Now, when they started getting into, oh, you have these specific characters that were, you know, when they brought it out on the PlayStation and yeah. such. I kind of lost interest. I was like, eh, you know, no. The anime stuff. 
Yeah, I, I love that you had hot. Excuse me, but like, like, let's not have this conversation because I have big old heart for some, you know. Anyways, go ahead. You know what? Cloud. I don't even want to talk about how. Are you kidding? Did you not okay. see Cloud? Like, come on. Okay. You know what? I'm not even going to go into the whole hentai yaoi stuff. All right, we're just going to leave that by the wayside. Well, they're beautiful. Is it a boy? Is it? It doesn't matter. It's a beautiful thing. So yeah. Well, that's okay. That's partly why I liked the Final Fantasy on the NES was because it was all eight bit. You saw little characters going around. You actually fought things like you know you fought a dark elf. You fought. Uh, little cats or something that are like bobcats or something or saber tooth tigers or something that we're going through. You had a quests that you went on. It was totally different from the Final Fantasy, what Final Fantasy franchise is now. And I really enjoyed that, that right. portion of it with those four characters, the wizards, the spells and everything that you would cast. It really is D&D in, in a machine, you know, as the machine is your dungeon master. It's, you know, brilliant. Yeah. They're still beautiful, still beautiful. Um, so, you know, I, I think that we, we talk about one game that we, I know everybody and their mother have played Tetris. And, you know, that. <laughs> Sorry. Like how many, how many of you guys did like, you got so good at that game because there was like a point where you, when you pick the levels, you do the, the highest one with the hundred, like the fastest one, right? To see if you yep. can beat it, right? So it's like, it's already pre-filled with yeah. all the, the um, figures and, oh yeah. Fun. When they relaunched this for the PlayStation 3 and for Xbox and whatnot, my wife was like, I want this game. And so I paid 10 bucks for her to buy it. Uh-huh. She now consistently kicks my ass on it. <laughs> I don't like her for it anymore. It was almost like, like for me, like, I mean, I, out of Tetris and Dr. Mario, I really preferred the Dr. Mario though. I mean, that was, that was my thing. I remember that Will used to get people to try to have me play because I would beat them. Who was that person? Will? We, we've had all sorts of people challenge Carla to doc, Dr. Mario and uh, doc, she is – Carla, you are really good at that game. It's fun. <laughs> I need to pick it up and play it again. I mean it, it's one of those things that I never really had the game. I always liked playing it because I was always kind of like a puzzle type person. Right. So for me to play it, I loved it. I just – Never really played it a whole lot, so I wasn't ever really, you know, superb at it or anything. A simple but brilliant concept using, you know, the 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 capabilities of the NES with those vibrant colors of all the little pills and yeah, and the little monsters and yeah. And what was it? You had like four basic colors that you had to match up, like red, yeah. yellow, well, yeah, and well, some, the viruses. Yeah. yeah, and some of the pills had like mixed match of colors, and the, the viruses would be on the side, like dancing and like looking at you, like sticking their tongue at you, like <laughs> "Hey, like come and get me!" And it was fun. I, I love that game. Oh, I, I I love it. I haven't played it in so long. It's really, you know, having this conversation is really making me realize, like, we really seriously need to just have a, a just a Nintendo day and just play. Okay. I mean, I I recently picked up my my. Uh, I know Burger Time is definitely my my favorite game of all time in, in Bubble Bobble, but Dragon Spirit, Will was <laughs> able to get that for me. I don't, I don't know if you've ever played it before. It's one of those rare. It's it's obviously it's probably, shoot 'em up. It's yeah. a, no, it's not a shoot. Well, it's like a it, it's not it's a size top down shoot 'em up. Um, but you play this little dragon. You're just flying, and oh my gosh, I love these games. I mean, love them. Just you know, now talking about them, and you know. Just if I, you know, play them again, if I see them, I mean, the emotions that you get by playing something, it's, 
you can't i mean i don't know i don't know what it is but it's like it's almost like bringing your childhood again and i just felt so much joy when i was like oh my god dragon spirit i freaked out and i sat here you know as he sat next to me watched me play with this look on my face like i i i I just couldn't put it down it was it was like i was you know a kid again it was yeah i i love it i love it and that's kind of like me and my wife with me and Kid Icarus. When I first got the Wii and I brought it over here and I hooked it up and everything, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, yay, you have another game system. <laughs> and I'm like, but hun, look, I can play all the old NES games. And she saw it. She goes, uh-huh. And what are you going to be playing? Mm-hmm. I instantly popped in. I paid five bucks and I sat down and bought Kid Icarus. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, I've next... never played that. What What is that one? Oh, I, my I... God. You have never played Kid Icarus. Uh-uh. Okay. It... <laughs> It is it, – it's a really simple concept in that it's – you're side-scrolling in a sense, uh-huh. only it starts off, you scroll up, and you really have to keep moving as the screen keeps moving up or else if you fall off, basically your level's dead and it's uh-huh. gone. You have to kind of shoot at arrows. Uh, you're basically – you're a character named Pit, and Pit is – he's a little winged character. He can do like these really high jumps. Like an angel cherub kind of yeah, okay. kind of. It, it basically picks up on the whole Greek myths, and it's supposed to be based upon Icarus flying up to the sun, having the wings melt, and he falls and dies. Oh, cute. Okay. Uh, but it's really <laughs> not – it's really very, very loosely based on that. Uh, the whole point of it is that Pitt is supposed to go through, and he's supposed to fight creatures. He's supposed to fight Greek monsters, and then when he gets to the very end, he fights Medusa, mm. and you rescue the goddess Palutena. Well, in the game – there's actually several characters that come out of this that were actually part of very large part of pop culture. Uh, if you remember the old cartoon series Captain N and the Game Master, uh, nope, you never saw Captain N. <laughs> NBC for like three I years. I never saw it. <laughs> no, never. Oh my god! Okay, you can't be on the podcast when we do a what, Captain no, what? N episode. <laughs> I have to kick you off. No, 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 sorry. But yeah, I'll, no, shed, I'll shed a quiet tear. No. We'll okay. watch it. On, well, one of the things about it, it, it was it was a great game in that they did bring a lot of stuff for the cartoon, but it also made a lot of people hate it because Cap, on Captain N, they had Kid Icarus. That was the name of the character. They didn't call him Pit. They called him Kid Icarus. And he everything he said was Isicus. Oh, that was Graticus. That was Lausiacus. Yeah, that's Stupidicus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was oh, fucking man. Retardicus. Okay, we're just going to go with that. <laughs> well, they had another character that was actually probably one of the best characters. They actually pulled, uh, for the cartoon, they had King Hippo and they had Eggplant Wizard. Eggplant Wizard was one of the characters who came out of, of the Kid Icarus game. And the Eggplant Wizard in the game... He was probably actually one of the most hated characters because you'd get to these certain stages, like you'd beat all of one particular stage where you'd fly up and you'd get to this castle and you had to kind of route around the castle to find where the boss was so that you could beat the boss and move on to the next side-scrolling level. Well, as you go through the castle, you would encounter eggplant wizards. What the eggplant wizards would do is they would throw eggplants at you and it would turn you into a little eggplant on legs. <laughs> so you're that running around as an not like fun so yeah no you, you i mean it was it was kind of cool in that hey you're an eggplant there was a way to heal yourself you had to go find this like sorceress that would change you back from an eggplant into mm-hmm. a pit but you'd have to maybe run 
Like, you'd have to go all the way through, back through the particular level where you were at to find the hospital to get rid of the eggplant curse. And then you could go and heal yourself in the hot springs and whatnot. Uh, but I love this game because of that. You'd go through it and you'd start playing it. You'd jump around. And with Captain N, they brought out Eggplant Wizard. And everybody hated him in the game. Loved him in the cartoon series because he was such a comedic role. Uh, him and King Hippo would bounce back and forth. And then you'd have Mother Brain that was annoying as well. And, and I forget what some of the other bosses were named. But I remember, uh, I remember in the cartoon show that they had Simon Belmont... They had uh, they had the princess who was supposed to be like kind of the princess from Zelda and and uh, she was kind of a mix of all the princesses like princess from uh, Super Mario Brothers Zelda basically a whole bunch of different princesses all rolled into one title. Captain <laughs> N sounds just like a nostalgia gasm. It pretty much is. It, it was good and it sucked at the same time because like one of the things that they used in order to bring they had this guy named Kevin that they brought back. And I really probably shouldn't be talking about this too much because we are going to discuss this on a later podcast. But they brought a lot of the stuff that we mentioned in this here. They had the power glove that brought them over from Earth to the you know Nintendo Land type thing, and they had all right. these different characters. They had Mega Man, they had Doctor Wily, and show up, and all these different characters that showed up in the series. Right. So, and and I think we have here listed uh, the Double Dragon as well, right? Uh, you got, you know, I, this game, uh, which kind of a beat 'em up series, um, a side scrolling beat 'em up. Uh, you know, it almost the game almost as cool as the box art. You know, the box art was amazing, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally just '80s box art, um, just gangs, and you know, you'd fight these women in leather outfits and where you know with with chains they would try to whip at you and what was that other game what was that other game where you were like river city ransom river city ransom i love that game that that game was one of my favorites because you were running around you'd pick up the tires you'd pick up you could even pick up other guys and swing them and hit people and you got money yes yeah and you could buy soup and food and they had one little character in there that would you walk into a restaurant and you could go up to her and you could get a smile, which was free. <laughs> now, I remember this because they came out with the Scott Pilgrim versus the World video game. Yeah. And it really was an homage to River, oh, to River City Ransom. Such an homage, yeah. If you go back and play it, there's actually little shops that you can go into. And one of them, they actually have the character you can walk up to the restaurant uh, restaurant host and or waitress. And you can get a free smile. And it's basically almost – the graphics are almost exactly the same. It's too bad you can't pay for something with a song. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, What do you say we guys – what do you say we uh, rapid fire here some some licensed uh, property franchise games, uh, which, of course, with any system, but particularly the NES, there are plenty. Um, I know one of my – games that really, really suck? Uh, like, a lot of them uh, did suck, but there was also some classics. E.T.? Like, like no, no. How about DuckTales? Oh, oh. God. Oh. Amazing. So I've been hearing about DuckTales. DuckTales. I love DuckTales. I get that well, damn song stuck in my flipping head all day long because he plays that game over and over and over again. Um, don't. Don't sing it. 
account. Should should we maybe invite Carla in when we do the DuckTales podcast? <laughs> no. Oh, come I, on. You know, I, that, you know I, that life is like a hurricane, Carla. Here in Duckburg. <laughs> I don't yep. get it. Please explain to me. Because, like, all all you guys, I mean, and it's not just you two, I'm sure. I mean, they're multiple. Like, you say DuckTales. Like, <gasps> it's, what is the DuckTales? It's, it's one duck of the games on the NES. Yeah. But even the cartoon itself, it's like, it, I don't get it. I don't it, know. Just, uh, the game, the gameplay, the, it was just, it was fun. Great game. You go to the moon, you don't wear any helmets, and you go to the moon, you're bouncing around on the moon, and you have to find a controller to rescue Gizmo Duck. So that, so, that, so that you can then fight a giant rat and then get the piece of cheese that's on the moon. I'm not saying it's not fun, but the you are like complete will, especially you, you're fanatical about this game. I love like, that game. Crazy, it's, like crazy, you know, crazy. But like any franchise, I mean, when it's done right, you're capitalizing on something you know and love, and you get to play the game. Yes. But not everybody did it as great as DuckTales, right? Well, uh, yeah. I'm going to kind of slide into something that was very similar to it that I really liked, as similar as to DuckTales, was the Rescue Rangers one, Chippendale's ah, Rescue Rangers. I never played that one. I, I will hold that one up just as much one. as the DuckTales game. Yes. It was, they were... You know, it, obviously you're comparing apples and oranges because of the way the gameplay was. So much fun, though. But yeah, they were great games. This was an era where Disney released some great stuff. I mean, yeah. They released some stinkers, too. I mean, they had yeah. that Mickey Mouse capade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can we just had- take like a moment to talk about those games? I mean, this system, it seemed like if it came out in a book or a movie or something, the next second, it's a damn video game. We all played... Jaws. So we all played <laughs> Friday the 13th where you're uh, going around the camp trying to go save the poor little camper and you have to go in there and fight. Like, could you ever really kill Jason? I don't know. I never beat it because I had a hard time just making it to the cabin to save the poor little kid who was about ready to get killed. Well, you'd go through and you'd beat Jason and then you'd go through it again and you'd play the same thing again yeah. going through the camp and this time when you went back to beat it you weren't beating jason you were beating his mother mrs Voorhees. i never got that far uh, yeah i just kind of like uh this is really stupid i i alone yeah but i mean there were some stinkers too right i mean i i remember getting the home alone video game for the nes what a piece of shit oh my god Oh my god! I, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles also a classic. Well, um, yeah, I have to say because there were two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There was the first one that came out where you were driving the little truck around, and you'd have you know you'd have the different characters that you could pick for each level. Whether it was, it was insanely Mike hard, yeah, yeah, absolutely insanely hard. I hated that game. That Loved famous water level, that. yeah. Now, see the water level, I didn't have any problems beating. I could always get through that in under two minutes. Oh. I couldn't. So, you know, that that was not a problem. It was after the water level. The, the level immediately after when you come back up out of the sewers, that one pissed me off. Because mm. there was there were the uh, mo- little mousers that would run around, and yeah. you had to beat them. And it was like, fuck this. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's so many games where, yeah, well, this games. was a uh, recurring Exclamation! What was the one that we were just playing? It was the Michael Jackson one, the the Moonwalk. That was, that was for the that Sega was Genesis. That was yeah. the- oh, okay. Oh, and we'll okay. cover that because sadly, I will <laughs> admit that I actually own that game. Um, yeah. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> well, because Genesis does what Nintendo don't, right? 
Yep. <laughs> yep. So, um, so yeah, yeah, continuing on with our licensed games, um, anybody play any of the Simpsons games? Yeah. See, I, I wanted to play that one. Never did. Yeah, I, I, I owned and played a lot of uh, Bart versus the Space Mutants. You know, I only uh, yeah. played the one that was in the arcade where you were the four people. Could that play. was much yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the only one I ever really played until well, I mean, until the GameCube came out, and then you know we're able to play, uh, you know, the Hit and Run and all those games. So yeah, yeah. Um, I had the I remember having the Terminator video game, the Terminator Two. Okay, because I remember that they were talking about that and that they were going to release a Terminator game. Yeah. And then it never came out, and then Terminator 2 came out, and then they yeah. brought out the Terminator 2 game. There was, was Terminator wondering. 2 and Terminator 2, the arcade game. Ah. And Terminator 2, the arcade game, um, I believe, was much more well-received than the crappy game I got for the NES. Um, but, yeah, so we had Goonies, of course. Oh, okay. Goonies, Goonies like, from the movie? Yeah, yep. it was Goonies 2. Okay. It was Goonies 2. It was actually supposed to be a pickup. It was supposed to be a sequel of the movie. And then they never came out with the movie sequel. It ended up just going into the video game. And they had all these Goonies that nobody ever heard of. They brought into the movie or brought into the game. And you'd have to go around and you'd have to rescue like a mermaid. And you'd you'd still have to battle the Fratellis. The storyline behind it was that the Fratellis got out of jail after you put them in. And they were coming back to get revenge on you and Astoria. Mm. And you have to go through, and you still have. It was weird because, like, you'd go back through the caverns where what One-Eyed Willie's stuff was, but then you'd have to find all these characters that the Fratellis had captured and hidden out, and you had to rescue them in order to go through and finish the game. Mm. So, yeah, real never quick, played just, it. A, just a couple of personal favorites of mine: um, Ninja Gaiden and Contra. Yeah. Oh, Contra's fun though, but they had the cheat. Then again, it's, it's that cheat. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's the code. And you, you, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. start. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> now, Goth. that Konami code, there's actually been a lot of references within pop culture for it. Uh, yeah. If you saw Wreck-It Ralph, they actually had it when he's trying to remember how to get into the master code of all the games and everything. And he goes – and uh, it was uh, King Candy and he's going – Oh, what was that code again? Up, up, down, down. <laughs> and he says that, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there, and I'm repeating explode. it with my wife. You know, I'm sitting there, and my wife is going, what's so funny? And I'm cracking up, <laughs> dying of laughter. And she's like, what is so funny? I'm like, you never knew the Konami code. Now, <laughs> I remember I used to try that code on every Konami game that ever came out. Yeah. And a lot of games would give you something beneficial, Gradius. Uh, Contra, yeah. uh, Super C, which I think that was the one for the uh, Super or Super yeah. Nintendo. Uh, but there were some games that they actually came out with that Konami came out with that if you put that code in, it would actually end the game right then and there. It would crash <laughs> the game on on you, and it would kill you instantly, or it would set off. Uh, I want to say it was in uh, uh, one of the Metal Gear Solid games <laughs> yes. where you had to enter it. And if you entered the Konami code, it actually caused like a 60-second self-destruct that you had to go and plug in like switch controllers or something like that and go back and <laughs> forth. It was crazy. I mean, it was it was an awesome way that the game played because it would force you to do something different. But it would ask you for a code, and it was just one of these little Easter eggs that they hid in the game. Hmm. 
So many great games. Metal Gear, you just mentioned. I love that series. Yeah. Now, I do want to kind of touch real quick because we kind of just we kind of glazed over it real quick with Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that particular game, there was a lot of stuff that I did like about it. One of the things that was really memorable, Mike Tyson only had a license for that game for three years where they could use his license. His, his yeah. license. Right, uh, yeah. When it was done, they were still selling Punch Out games, but they titled it as Punch Out rather than Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Right. Yeah. And they came out with it, uh, Mike Tyson and got replaced by a guy named Mr. Dream. Yeah. Now, if you ever got through Punch-Out and you saw Mr. Dream, he looked just like Vanilla Ice. <laughs> really? He even had, like, he even had, like, the eyebrow that had, like, the three little stripes on it. Was, yeah. Vanilla, I- was Vanilla Ice out by then? Or? Yeah, he was, oh, uh, yeah. Vanilla Ice oh, was, like, okay. 84 or something. Mm. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, it was the stupidest thing. And, like, everybody saw it, they're like, oh, that looks like, that's Vanilla Ice. And they're like, and people are like, well, that's not actually Vanilla Ice. It's Mr. Dream. Come on. We all know <laughs> it's Vanilla Ice. We know that you're ripping him off. Right. That's funny. So. Huh. <laughs> uh, oh, man. There's so many great games. I mean, we could probably do a an eight-hour podcast with, you know, all the ones that, you know, the Battletoads and Kirby and. Oh, Kirby. Oh, that's right. Oh, man. Kirby. But, uh Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I know we'll have to come back and touch on some of these, like the Castlevania series, Bionic Commando, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Visiting for sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Legend of Zelda. You know, I mean, I know we're going to talk about a lot of these things later on. This is just kind of a intro for everybody who doesn't know what the NES, you know, those of us who were born, you know, say 1990. Yeah. Um, everybody has to know what it is. I mean, unless you're a living, I mean, everybody knows it's, it's, I mean, it's they may not know what the games are, but. Well, yeah. let me give you an example. Uh, there's a comedian named Gabriel Iglesias and you may have heard of him. This guy does a whole bit about how he's not fat. He's fluffy. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Uh, he actually grew up here in San Diego. Well, he talks and he's got this kid that he kind of adopted. Like he, he fell in love with this girl and he kind of has a son through her. He's not actually married to her, but he tells this kid, he goes, hey, I remember when I had Nintendo, and the kid goes, you mean a Wii? No, I mean Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, you mean like N64? No, Nintendo. <laughs> Super Nintendo? No, the mm. goddamn Nintendo, the old gray 8-bit thing. Nintendo Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, um, like, yeah. You know, we owe all of this to Japan, right? You know, oh, Nintendo, which originated in Japan, and uh, they brought this over um, from, you know, their original machine, which was called the Famicom, the family computer, and uh, a way different design. I mean, this was sort of like, a, I believe it was like a cream-colored and red. Um, games are top-loaded on the top of the machine. You just kind of stick the cartridge on top. The two controllers were hardwired into the system. Like the cords were, you could not pull out the the cords for these things. And the second controller um, had a microphone on it because a lot of some of these Japanese games, um, you would actually have to like sing something into the microphone. Uh, Really fascinating stuff. There were some bits about Legend of Zelda. If you remember, there was a little character that, it was. They said that oh, it doesn't like sound, and it had right. these big ears that would look like a little rabbit. Oh yeah, yeah I remember that. Well, I remember part that. of it with with the 
because that was part of the port with the original from the Famicom was that you were actually supposed to sing or yell into the mic. Yeah. And they brought that um, back over in the DS version of it. Yes. If you remember, you had like yeah. whistle or blow into the mic when yeah. you fought that character. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing. It was just that that got left out for the Nintendo version. And part of it, I think, was that you were supposed to use like the whistle or something like that. <laughs> Uh, that you got like level six or something. I forget which which level it is off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and play it again. Right. Wow. Yeah, mi- mixed results with um, you know the use of the microphone in some of these games. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, now, and it had a nice little cradle on top for your uh, controllers. So yeah. Now I know that you did talk a little bit about how that was that top loading for the Famicom. Yep. <laughs> they actually did come back out with that. They had. A top loading mm-hmm, version mm-hmm. at the very very end of the Nintendo yeah. lifetime. I remember they did that. I think because you know when you a lot of people had the ones that you put in the front, but then when they it, it came out, I think right when Super NES came yeah, out, like early nineties, yeah, the top one because a lot of people had gotten rid of their Nintendos, and then you start realizing, oh shit, I want to play some of these games that I have. <laughs> yeah, and so they had they it's almost like they were forced to re-release it. So yeah, yeah well they, and they brought that back. They brought super back rare loading. today. Yeah, yeah I and they also that. had the dog bone style controllers for that, rather than like square rectangular shapes that everybody is so used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were actually like more of the shape like what you'd see for the Super Nintendo controllers. They had a little bit of roundness to it, and mm-hmm. it was actually shaped more like a dog bone. Uncomfortable as hell, but. <laughs> Yeah, man, the NES, so many great memories. I mean, only probably my second favorite console ever. <laughs> what's your What's your first? The Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it was, for me, it was Nintendo, Genesis, and then Atari. Ah. Those are, that was my, my three in that order. Mm. And the only reason with the Atari that I still love it to this day is just that you had that breakthrough. It was, it was the first for me. I still loved it. I still love playing things like combat and Yars Revenge and stuff, but <laughs> all that's for another podcast. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, well I, I'm ready to go play some games. I don't, I don't know about you guys. I, I, I just, do. I, I just, I'm feeling really, really, I'm feeling really nostalgic right now. Yeah. That's okay. We'll go ahead and we'll wrap this up. Uh, you know, this basically wraps it up for this episode of talking about my generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, please feel free to leave us your feedback on iTunes. Send us a tweet. Uh, I am at S-P-R-Z-O-U-T. Yes, and uh, I am Will Valdez. I am at W-T Valdez, V-A-L-D-E-S. And uh, I'm at Carluccia, K-A-R-L-U-C-C-I-A. Okay, you can also send us an email at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at Talking About My Generation. And please, 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 if you have feedback about the show, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, please leave us information. Leave us feedback on iTunes. Please rate the show. It does help us in the standings, and it will tell us what you want to hear about, what we're doing good, what we're doing bad. So please, 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 please fill out that feedback. Yeah, tell us tell us what we missed, what what you want to hear us talk about, you know. Yeah. We may decide to do a cover, uh, you know, a second comeback on the episode, talk about some of the stuff that we missed. Yeah, mm. definitely a lot here to talk about. Right, yeah. Well, well, it looks like that's it. I do want to thank you guys tonight. 
Thank you. Thanks. Let's go and we'll play some NES. Pleasure. So much fun. I'm yeah. serious. I'm I'm waiting for this to end because I I'm really actually <laughs> wanting to play and I think I'm gonna yeah I I I'm feeling a little sad right now. I don't know what it is. I'm just feeling a well, little let's, sad. Let's, and let's do this then. Yes, we're doing All right. it. Bye, All guys. Right, Bye. Talk to you later. Bye.